Well, thank you for being here at Covenant Church today. One more time, just look at your neighbor and say, hey, you look better than I do. How many of you have been sick? How many of you in the, in the sanctuary today, you've been sick for like the last two or three Sundays and this is your first Sunday back? Raise your hand. Man, welcome back home. Welcome back home. Good to see y'all. We love you so much. Well, we want to welcome you first-time visitors. Hey, if you'd like to, I know it's going to be quite a bit of a crowd, but um, right here to my right, this room over here, we've got some things that we'd like to just give you. And if you didn't get a welcome bag coming in today, there's some back here. Run back here, get you a welcome bag, and check out what's going on at Covenant Church. Too much to mention, but I'll tell you this, there's something going on almost every night of the week. Men had a great uh, prayer breakfast this past Saturday. Good for that. We had a prayer breakfast, and then uh, the women had a thing called a cookie exchange, and I'm not sure who was more spiritual on their get-togethers, but it sounds like the men, you know, we had a prayer breakfast, and the women had a cookie exchange. I always look forward to that. Um, the cookie exchange is a great time, um, and I get to benefit from that, too, and my wife had gone grocery shopping just that morning. I said, did you get some milk? And she said, no, I forgot to get the milk. I made a special trip to the grocery store just to get a gallon of milk because I knew of all the cookies that were coming to the house. You know, it's my weakness. Hey, I'm not going to ask for God to deliver me from an uh, addiction to cookies. I'm going to keep that one. Just let me have that. I don't need any deliverance from that. Maybe from eating too many. All right, we're getting some people baptized today. All glory to God. I came in this morning and uh, some of the leaders out there, they brought me, a, I signed membership certificates and uh, baptism certificates, baby dedications, and it was a stack of papers. And so praise God for just what's going on here at Covenant Church and the growth. Uh, we got about 80 people have been baptized so far this year, and uh, I know there's others that are thinking about it. Melinda, so good to see you. She's recently baptized. I'm so glad to see you today. And um, the growth that's going on out here, you see the addition that's going on. That's going to enable us to expand our sanctuary just a little bit more in here because we're going to get rid of things that are in here. And one thing I'll mention about that, and that is at the first of the year, be thinking about a sacrificial gift that you would like to give towards this. Half of the building is donated and, and excluded only uh, for the youth department. We can see about 100 youth in there, and our, our youth department is bumping around 60 or so. Uh, when they get together, and so that's going to be a youth room, and uh, be thinking about what you want to give towards that project uh, out there, because like I said before, the youth don't have any funds, but they need the space, and so be thinking about what you want to do with that. We've had some really good, generous donations towards that, and it's been very helpful, but our goal is to pay that off fully in cash, and we are on our way to doing that, but I'm telling you what, every little bit helps. Every little bit helps. There's so much that's going on. And be thinking about that. First of the year, we're going to have a special service. And it would be awesome to be able to stand up here and just hold up a piece of paper or something that says zero balance. I'm excited for what's coming. Zero balance. We don't want to be tied to the government. We don't want to be tied to the banks. We don't want to give the banks any interest money. My interest is in this community. My interest and your interest is in this community, these youth, these kids, this entire area. Our territory, what God has put in front of us, and I'm telling you what, we are going to reach, reach, reach. Amen? Amen. All right, uh, I believe that's all that I had for y'all on some just some little announcements that we have. 
God is good. He is so, so good. Somebody already said it. Somebody said all the time. And of course, I say all the time, and yet God is good. I will tell you what. He has done great, great things for me. And that woman right there, there she is. She changed spots. And my boys and my family. And I'm so, so very thankful for what he's done in my family. And I'll tell you what. I said it the other day. It's, it's kind of hard being a pastor because I feel obligated to do something or say something. It's all, all week long. And it's, when Sunday's over with, I'm already thinking about the next Sunday and like, what can I say? What can I do that would spur someone on to just simply try Jesus? People come to church all the time. But I need you to do more than come to church because I don't want you to be miserable. I don't want you to go through life hurting with an addiction, with a hidden sin that's hidden and nobody knows about the pain. Nobody knows about the secretness of what the devil has got you trapped and you don't even feel like you can go to anybody. I want you to know there's a way out. There is hope and there is hope for a new life and something greater than you ever thought possible. Now... I've got to say it in a way that steps on those toes, but it tugs on that heart. It shows you that, yeah, you could be wrong. You could be doing some things you don't need to be doing. But yeah, there's hope. And there's a love. And there's a heavenly Father, Jesus Christ. He's our Savior. Can somebody just attest to that right now and just give me a, a, a hand? Show me you're with me. All right, let's pray. Father, we adore your name and we thank you for the glory. Thank you, God, for your blessings. I thank you, Lord, that you are moving in this place. I thank you, Lord, for deliverance. I thank you, God, that you are setting the captive free. And I thank you, God, that you're going to do it again. And you will do it again. And I thank you, God, right now in advance for someone that's here listening today that is going to receive a new hope. And there's going to receive a word from you today through your word. In Jesus' name, use me, Lord, for your glory. I'm only a voice piece for you. It's all glory to God. In Jesus' name, amen. If you will, just go with me in your Bibles to Mark. If you're wondering where that's at, go to the middle of the Bible, find Psalms, turn to the right, make a right-hand turn. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Go into Mark and turn to chapter 3, and we're going to read five verses Shout amen if you're there. All right. If you don't have your Bibles, you're there because it's on the wall. We're living in a new world, right? I know not everyone brings their Bible to church, but you've got your phone and you've got these screens. Just follow along with me. Follow along. Let's read this together. You don't have to read out loud. I'm going to read it, but follow along with me. Verse, chapter 3, verse 1. Another time he went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. Of course they did. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, 
and his hand was completely restored. Praise God for a miracle. If you're in this place today, there are many in this place today that can attest to a real life miracle. We have seen real life miracle signs and wonders in this place. And for those of you who were praying a little extra harder this morning, and I could see it on your face, I can see it in your complexion, I can see it in your body language, there are those that have already received a mighty, mighty touch of God today, and God just does something. It's really hard to explain, and it's hard for me to explain, but there's just a feeling that comes over me when the glory of God moves in a place, the Spirit of God, and when people try to explain it to you, or you try to explain it to someone else, sometimes it's hard to put into words. It's almost like when somebody says, tell me about how you, what does it feel like to love your wife? And that relationship that I, it's kind of hard to put into words. I mean, it's just, there's so many things. And when you fall in love with God, when the real you meets the real God, and, and, real, and real things start to happen, because you can have platonic relationships. You can have a girlfriend. You can have a boyfriend. You can have an acquaintance. But every once in a while, there's somebody that you love. And when you're in love, that's when real things happen. So if you're not there in your walk with God, I would encourage you today, as you walk out of this place, if you're on the tractor by yourself out in the fields, men, women, wherever you're at, find a time and say, Lord, I just don't have it. I don't know why I don't have it, but I want it. I want a relationship with you. And say that prayer. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. If you don't ever ask to have a close relationship with God, guess what? You're probably not going to ever have it. You're probably not ever going to get there. I never had a relationship with that woman until I went after her. I went after her. Men, bump that woman beside you. Women, you say, I went after you. I chased you. Yeah, and there's a relationship there. There's a relationship there. So I encourage you, go hard after God. Amen? I want to speak to you, all of us, for just a few minutes on dealing with what's dealt. Dealing with what's dealt. All right. I thought that was flames there for a minute. It kind of scared me. We don't want flames. Unless we're talking about the fire of God. I want those flames. I want the fire of God in my life. Dealing with what's dealt. Many of us here today, you could, we could talk, we could have a private conversation, and you could begin to tell me some things in your life, some things in your past. And I could tell you some things in my life and my past, and I'm going to tell you what, just when you think you've got the worst story, you'll be talking to someone at the gas pump, somewhere in the store, and, hey, how are you doing? Well, what's, how's it going? And, and you begin to talk and become friends, and, and you're like, man, I thought I was dealt a bad hand. Well, they got a bad hand dealt to them. And I realize that that is a real issue. There are real issues that we face day in and day out. And there are many of us that have been dealt a bad hand. If you take a person that's been dealt a bad hand, it's life. We face life. You take the one who was born into a home with two doctors in the home, with plenty of money, and just, it just seems like everything was just given to him. Does anybody know that person? Do you know that person? Did you ever grow up with that person? I remember going to school and having the kids that had the four-wheelers, had the Air Jordans, had the, the Jerbo jeans. Okay, now we're going to tell off on some age. Anybody know what Jerbo jeans? Yeah, yeah. Ralph Lauren, Polo, all that. Abercrombie and Fitch. 
Some of the older generations like, I don't, I, you lost me on that one. We do Wranglers and Levi. <laughs> but I, I grew up with different ones who had everything. And if you don't watch it, you can begin to have yourself a, a, a little party. And it's not an exciting party where there's streamers and... You know, it, it's not that kind of party. It's going to be a pity party because, well... This happened to me when I was a child and as a teenager and then this job situation. And then, then, <clears throat> then I got married. Then there was that whole thing. Oh, then, <clears throat> then I got married again. Then there was that other, I almost got married. And then I got life. Something was dealt to you. And it's how are you dealing with what's dealt? I'm going to tell you what. Don't think for one moment that you can have more of a pity party than anybody else. There have been those that have been dealt death. There have been those that have been dealt famine, persecution. And I'm going to tell you what, today we are going to walk out of here and we are going to be ready to deal with what's been dealt. There has been something that's been dealt to you. Come on, let's give a praise break right now for what God's going to do. God's going to raise somebody up. There's somebody sitting in here today, and they're sitting there just thinking, "Man, if, he, he's talking. He's stepping on my toes. He's on. He's on the tippy. He's on the tippy toe right now." And I'm hoping he don't come on over on the whole foot. But I'm telling you what. Guess what? Join the crowd. I met somebody the other day here at church. They were walking out. I said, "Hey, man, how you doing? Good to have you here today." I got his name, and hey, I'm Jeremy. Just I don't want to introduce myself as pastor. This and uh, leader. Just I'm Jeremy. Okay, I'm a son of God. I'm somebody in God's kingdom, just trying to make it. Amen. And I, I introduced myself to him. I said, "Man, where are you? Where are you from? Where are you from?" And he said, "Well, he kind of told me." I said, "Well, well uh, you know what? What kind of things you got going on? You know." Hadn't seen you here in a while. Where, where you been? He said, well, I've been locked up. I've been, in, I've been in prison. And I said, well, join the crowd. Join the crowd. Welcome to Covenant Church. we got several here that have been in prison. We have several here that have done some time. We have several here that have been in county lockup. But let me tell you what, what we're dealing with here at Covenant Church. We're dealing with people that, that is, was. That, it, 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 they were. They was. And God has been raising up and standing up those with a withered hand who thought, I, I, I'm just, I'm going to have a withered hand forever. I, no, God is here today. He's, he's, he's tapping on your heartstrings right now. There's, I'm telling you, I know it. I know it. There's somebody here right now. And it's like, whew, I, know, I, I know God has got a better plan for me. I know God's got something else for me. And I want to encourage you right now, before we get into this message, He's got something for you today. But I'm going to need you to do a little bit of work. I'm going to need you to reach out to God and do a little bit more. These two young men here right in the middle, man, they're reaching out. I, I prayed for him a couple of Sundays ago. I don't even have a Bible. Here's you a Bible. Start reading it. Go to Psalms. Go to Proverbs. Hey, have you ever prayed? Well, not a whole. Pray. Talk to God. Read your word. Start having a relationship. And watch what happens. When you got, give God everything, he'll give you everything. So many have been dealt a bad hand. Things out of your, your control. A single mother, a single father. Loss of a loved one. Divorce, sickness and disease. Loss of a job. The list goes on and on and on. I'm here today to encourage you and tell you that just as fast as things went bad and went south, so to speak, 
They can turn around just as fast. This does not have to be a long, drawn-out process of, well, I came to church for the first time. Whew. Step one. Now I hope God can just somehow or another miraculously just turn my life around. Well, He can, and I just saw Him do it right over there. The name of Jesus is powerful. And here's how it is powerful. And for those who don't believe it, and well, I've heard that my whole life. Just know this. When you're about to get hit by oncoming traffic, when something disastrous happens and you don't know who to call, promise you, without a doubt, you know what's going to come out of most people's mouth? Jesus. It might be said a little bit different. It might, some are saying Jesus, and some are saying Jesus. We had a men's breakfast the other day, and I don't know why there was cookies at this breakfast. There was, a, there was two massive cookies. One was this big. It was the size of a plate. had icing that thick on it, and somebody had written in red icing on it, Jesus. And Kirk Romero said, nobody's grabbing it. I'm going to grab it. I'm going to have my breakfast and a cookie. He said, I thought about cutting some off of it, but I mean, I'm just going to go for it. And it was written on the cookie, white icing, red, Jesus. I looked at that cookie and I said, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus, Kirk. I mean, come on. I just read the cookie, folks. I read the cookie. You see what I'm saying? You need to be in such right standing with God that when that, the thing happens, that it's Jesus Jesus. Also, he needs to know your name. Or he needs to know your voice. There's a communication. When I say, Bree, I say it like nobody else. When that child cries, you get a hundred babies in a room and the mother of that child that's crying, that's my baby. Where's my baby? I know that voice. Make sure you hear the voice of God. He knows your voice. You know his voice. There is a powerful lesson in this story that we're talking about today. And I'm going to get into it here in just a second. But the devil has been dealing you a world of hurt. Church, it is time to turn things around. We serve a God who is able. Amen. Can I get? Yes. Come on. You don't hear me though. We serve a God who. We serve him. He is ours. He is our strength. You've been dealt a bad hand, but tell somebody right now, I can win with a bad hand. Tell them, I can win. Paul says in Philippians 4 and 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And I want to skip to verse 11. Paul says this, he says, he's learned, if you look towards the end, he says, I have learned to be content with whatever the circumstances. Mm. Some of y'all have learned to be content. Some of y'all have learned to, you're not really dealing with what's been dealt. You're just dealing with, you just, you're in a, a stance of, it is what it is. There's nothing else that can happen. Nothing can change my situation. I am stuck. 
I'm in the mud. I don't care how big of a four-wheel drive you get. I don't care if you put a winch on me and hook another one to him and winch him. Yeah, I'm from the country. I'll kind of use some analogies like that. I'm not coming out. I'm buried up past the axles. We got a suction going on here. I am stuck in the mud. I got a withered hand. See that? That's what I, there's no, there's no straightening this. I have something that on me that I can't get rid of. Being content does not mean you like where you're at. You're just not going to complain. So it's important that as we are in the place of life that we are in, that we don't begin to murmur and complain and say, poor, pitiful me, pity party. You have got to begin right now. If that's been you time and time again, day after day after day, you're unhappy with your wife and your wife don't even know it. Woman, wife is unhappy with husband and the husband don't even know it. There's some things, I'm telling you folks, there are situations that we are dealing with. And the devil loves to trap us in a situation to where we feel hopeless in the sense where there's nobody we can go to. You feel like there's nobody I can go to, there's nobody I can talk to. I'm here to tell you, you're surrounded by a group of comeback stories. If you're a comeback story, just wave your hand one time in the sanctuary. It's, it matters that you let, once you are a comeback story, it matters that you tell someone about your comeback story. You've got to tell somebody. When you're smiling and saying, hey man, you're not going to believe what happened to me. I want to hear what happened to you. Don't share your comeback story like this. Man, God save me. Where do you go to church? I go to that church over there. Where do you go? Cool. What's for supper? When the real you meets the real God. When those real, I mean, it's starting to be real to somebody. I'm telling you, church, I'm telling you, those that are listening to my voice today, if you're listening online, welcome. Thank you for watching this online. You need to be here in person. I like what somebody said on Facebook the other day. Listening online, don't take offense, online listeners. Some of you cannot help it. If you're in a nursing home and you're watching today, Lord bless you. We pray that God moves in that place. And I, play, I pray that the room just becomes saturated with His presence. And the people next door are like, what's going on with Ruthie over there? She's just, just praising God. Hallelujah. But there is a difference between standing up cozy next to a TV screen of hot flames and being in front of a fireplace with real fire and you're there and you're like, wow, wow, don't touch my shirt. I'm hot. That's burning up. I just want you to know that when you can, you need to be in the presence of God. Amen. You don't need to miss. The Bible says that we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. I'll oh, see that was a toe step on right there. For those of you that didn't bring, you didn't bring your steel toes to church, you might have felt that one. Somebody felt that one because they're like, well, I, I do that. I, uh, I, I just come when I can. You know, you don't want to be... A here and there Christian. You go to church? Ah, here and there. When I can. But I love God, and He knows He loves me. Uh, he knows I love Him. 
But try this sometime. Men, just don't go home to your wife for a few days. Don't call her. Don't say, hey, she says, where are you at? You haven't been home in three nights. Red. No response. She sees the text. You, you read it. God's calling out to somebody today. Say, hey, where you been? I just, I, I've been missing. I don't have a communication with you. I don't have a relationship. There's nothing going on with you. Well, Lord, God, I come to church when I can. You could never, ever get away with that in a marital relationship. Just show up at the house when you can. Just show up at the house whenever you feel like it. But I got to have me some me time. I got to have me some me time away from God. I need to quit God for just a second. Let me just quit God for a couple of weeks and then I'll come get back in touch with God. I'll have, hey God, how you doing? You remember me? Yeah, yeah, we close, right? You remember, hey, now listen, when you blow that trumpet, make sure you pull the extra heart on my strings up here. I want to go when that, when that trumpet sound. I want to be in the rapture. I want to go when, when you call us home. Hey, remember me now. All right, I'll see you in about four months. All right. It happens, it happens time and time again. But we cannot live life like that. If you live your, Christ, your Christian walk, and that is your Christian walk, you're wrong. It's all in here. It's all in here. And that, I hate to say that, but you know what? There's a, you can be wrong because opposite of wrong is right. So we can get right. We can turn this ship around. Praise God. He's going to do it. He's doing it. He's doing it right now. I thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. I want to draw three points from this story today. If you're in a tough spot, if you're dealing with problem after problem after problem, I'm telling you, get ready. Listen up to me today and tell somebody, I am ready. I'm ready. All right. If you got your phone, you can take some notes. If not, write it on your hand. Number one, I want to go back to Mark chapter 3, verse 1. And number one, I want to talk about tuning out the noise. Three things we can focus on in this story today and three points that I want to pull out. First thing is tuning out the noise. Let's read this. Another time he went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. A man with a shriveled hand was there. So many times you can read your word and if you'll just pause, if you'll just stop and wait for a second and say, Lord, I want you to show me the message in this. Show me what you're trying to say to me. There's a reason why God moved you in a certain area. He led you in a certain direction. You're here at this church service today and you're like, I'm here. Maybe God does something for me. Maybe he doesn't. I don't care. I'm just here. I'm just soaking up some air conditioning. I'm hoping he'll finish here pretty quick. If you look back there in the back, everybody just take a, see that TV screen in the back? That's how long you've been bearing with me. All the wings can't see it. We're 23 minutes and 14, 15 seconds in. Y'all are doing a great job. You give yourself a hand. We're going to get there. I, so I read this and I said, just simply, a, another time he went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Here's the point, church. He was there. 
God didn't chase him down saying, let me heal you. Let me chase you down. Let me run after you. Let me come track you down. Let me find you. I want to heal you. I want to deliver you. I want to make your marriage to be great again. I want to save those children that you've been praying for. I want to save those children that you just been, hadn't been praying for, but you've just been talking about them at work. You hadn't been praying for that marital relationship, but you've definitely been talking about it at work. She's stupid. She's crazy. Any divorce story that you get, promise you every time you get the story, the other person is crazy. The other person messed up. Nobody will own, I messed up, I'm crazy. I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I messed up from day one. It's my fault. I am to blame. Some will, but most won't. But here's the thing. God did not chase him to say, let me touch you. Let me touch that withered hand. The withered hand was in the church, ready to go. In the synagogue, he was there waiting. Now, do you think that was his first time there? No. Here's the point. He came. He didn't get healed. He came. He didn't get healed. He came. That marriage didn't come quite right back together like he thought it would. He came, and those children didn't immediately just kind of turn around and change to be just... Yes, sir, I love Jesus and I'm on the road to the, I'm going to heaven and I'm taking as many people with me as humanly possible. Every parent wants that. We want our children to love God the way that we love God. But here's what we forget. When we were their age, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, when we were their age and we were sneaking around and it's okay. It'll allow you to have some grace for those kids. It'll, you're going to be praying a little extra harder for those kids. Amen? Here's the thing. Get in the church. Show up. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Get here and stay here and be here. Why here? If it's not here, find a place where the Spirit of God moves and the presence of God moves. There's a difference between a lively church, a church of worship. They call it a Spirit-filled church. So here, for those of you who don't go to a Spirit-filled church and it's your first time here, and you, uh, it's fun. That way you can go to work. You'd be, hey, man, you ain't going to believe this. First of all, it was cool. Everything was normal. We walked in, got a gift bag, got a free coffee. They have a coffee bar in this church. You believe they got a coffee bar in this church? Everything's good. Music was bumping. I kind of like the music. I like loud music. You know how I am. I got a sound system in my truck. You know, I bump it. I roll on some 22s. I got the thin tires. I like that. That's kind of me, man. I was feeling that. And then all of a sudden, I saw up on the front, there was a man up there praying, and all of a sudden, he kind of went, ooh, and was, wow. And, and, and more people praying for him. And then somebody said he had a demon. I was like, uh-uh. But my wife grabbed my shirt, you see, and she said, you sit down right now, you ain't going nowhere. You don't even, she's over there praying silently, he's got a demon, he's got a, he needs deliverance right now, Lord, thank you for letting this happen in service today so he can see what he, woo! Hey, every one of y'all came to church expecting to see something. Congratulations on being in a power pack service, that's all I got to say. I'm glad, hey, I, I, we started saying this here recently. When God, sh when God moves in, don't move out. Oh, God moving in. Where's the U-Haul? Hook up the U-Haul. We out of here. 
What are we doing? We want, we want to leave the presence of God and everything that, okay, every, everything that it encompasses. But then we'll roll up to the theater and go watch some kind of exorcism movie and get our little chill bumps going and be, oh, ooh, scared. And oh, I spilled my popcorn on myself. Ooh, it's so scary. I'm in a demonic movie with demons and hell and just evilness. And, and, and talking about it at work, it was so funny, man. The, the part where she, her head spun around and she shot through the roof. And then, man, it was crazy, man. Blood all over the screen. It was awesome, man. Y'all, you got to take your kids to see this movie. It's awesome. No. Now, I don't, that was cool. But going to a church where they actually cast out a demon? Uh, 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 uh. It's just, a, it's an awakening. You say, why do I live for God? Why am I going to live for God? I'm going to be a Christian. Be, be a, a person who gives your heart to God fully. And watch what he does for you. And then you're going to see it happen for others. And that's why when you rolled in here to Covenant Church and people are like, Woo! Hallelujah! Well, they kind of got a reason to do that. They kind of got a reason. They're like, you know, God, I kind of love you. Hey, God, I kind of love you. You're amazing. I was tore up from the floor up. If there's ever a sermon where I don't say that, somebody just say, hey. But preacher, I'm so busy, so much going on. You're at the worst point in your life and making excuses of why you can't come to church. Remember the man with the withered hand? We just read it. He was there in the synagogue. Stop listening to the enemy. Mark 3 and 2. They were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. Don't you know that haters going to be hating? They were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus. He's saying, I just want to heal the man. I just want to see this man who's miserable and without me and without any kind of presence of God and, with, and he's stuck in sin. I just want to see this man released from the demons and the torment of the demons. And wanting to do something amazing for someone, wanting to ch- help them, inviting someone to church, telling them about a new way of life and a new walk, and they want someone to come back with. I don't want to hear it. I don't even want to hear it. I'm not interested. You're not interested in feeling better. <clears throat> you don't want your. You don't want anything good. Okay. There's a song about that. Crank it up on your radio. It's called "I Hate Everything." <laughs> it's. Can you imagine? I mean, there's people that. T- when that song comes on, on the radio, they actually go, oh, turn that up. I hate everything. I hate my, just, I hate this. I, I hate everything. Oh, I'm telling you, there's a better song on the radio for you. There is a better song in your heart. You don't know it right now, but I'm telling you, there is a joy of the Holy Ghost that is real. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit is a real thing. And he will change you from the ground up. 
When you're ridiculed, praise God. When you're laughed at, praise God. When they talk about you, praise God. When you're dealt a bad hand, praise God. Praise God in the bad times. Praise God in the good times. Praise God when you're lost. Praise God when you're found. Praise God in every situation. Amen? So getting dealt a bad hand is something that you don't even realize sometimes. that You're dealt a bad hand, but there's many, many times... Where you say, oh, I've been dealt a bad hand this week. No doubt about it. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, let me just make a little analogy and how a, a bad hand can kind of work. So how many of you in here have play cards? You know how to play some cards. And you'll, you'll be honest in church. You'll be like, you play spades, okay? So you, you, there's a spade, the game called spades. All it is is just like you're matching up uh, cards with another player, and they call them books, right? They call, they call it a book. And, and so you got a partner with your, with your hand where you're playing. you got a partner in cards. And it could be Uno, Skipbo, there's all these card games. But every once in a while when you're playing those games, you get dealt a bad hand. A bad hand in spades is when you get your cards and you look at your cards, you don't have one spade. There's a rule, I think, in spades. I don't even play spades, but I had to research this. I'm not saying that all of y'all that play spades are going to hell. I'm just saying I don't play spades. I would encourage you not to witness to your fellow brother and sister, hey, man, I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't play spades. But I see you over there playing spades. You know, you need Jesus. So in, in that card game, uh, when you don't have one spade in your hand, you, evidently there's a rule that says, I, I need a redeal. I, I need, and you, look, I'm telling you, look how bad my hand is. Look how bad my hand is. Look, look how bad my situation is. I need a redeal. God, can you give me a redeal? No, 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 uh-uh. You don't need a redeal. You just need to realize that God is your partner. You're trying to get a redeal. You're trying to get God to just, you know, God, can you just take me back to five years old and just deal me another hand? God, can you take me back to my first marriage when I was 25 years old and just deal, that don't need to be up there. Don't have to read that. We ain't on that. And just deal me another hand. Can you do that, God? And he's saying, no, what I really need you to realize is I'm over here with my hand right here and he's looking at you like, Do not lay your cards down. I'm telling you right now, I got every trump. I got every trump. You know, you've been playing cards before. You've been playing spades or uno or something, and, you're, and, you, and you, you get dealt a bad hand, it's all over your face. You're like. And, and as soon as you do that, you got a partner over there I got some stuff here. Look, I got some cards here. What is fake like? You got a partner over there, bookmarks and church cards. And, and your partner's over there going, we can't talk in this game, but I'm going to try to send you a little bit of body. But I'm telling you, I want to make this point today. It's very important. And it may not even be that you know what I'm saying? God is your partner. But you know what? 
There's a thing called Celebrate Recovery. There's a thing called Tuesday Night Help Nights. Hope, elevate, learn, and prosper. And there is a person in here who's been down your road. There's a person in here that's been dealt a bad hand. No spades. They don't have anything they need to win. They don't have anything spiritually to win on. They didn't have it. And God said, you know what? Even with a bad hand, I'm going to allow you to win the game. I'm going to allow you to win and have a winning season. And you just need to know that there's somebody in this church house right now who's looking at, and they could be there with you saying, just hang on, don't fold. Don't throw your cards down yet. Number two, lose your pride. Lose your pride. Let's read Mark 3 and 3. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. This will cause you to lose your pride. I want to go ahead and touch on this. I saw it last Sunday. There's going to be a moment at pretty much the end of every service around Covenant Church where somebody says, Woo! Yeah, that hit me right in the heart, right between the eyes, preacher. And as soon as you say, I'm ready to pray with you, I'm coming. I'm coming. And I need Jesus. Let's just right now just realize that's going to happen. And let's just not be a church. Let's don't build a culture of here of hope everybody gets what they need. I even did it last Sunday. There was a man praying here, and I purposely stood and looked at him like this and made a point. It was you. And I said, I hope you get what you need. Lord bless you. I was making, I'm, I'm glad you hung with me and didn't just say, wow, what a preacher he is. He's sitting there, hands lifted high, just saying, I need Jesus. And I stopped him. I said, I hope you get what you need. That's the way it can look to a person who's new to God and seeking for more and needing a relationship. And you don't even know what it can do to their spirit. I know what it did to me when I was seeking God and praying and seeking after Him. And I felt just a hand on my shoulder. I didn't have to hear what they were praying. I didn't have to know anything except I got somebody here with me. I got somebody here that's like, I got every trump. I'm here with you. Don't lay your cards down. Don't fold. So just prepare yourself for that in every service and be that person, be that one who just walks up and says, in the name of Jesus, you don't even have to say anything. Just put your hand on somebody's shoulder and just say, I'm here with you. I'm here with you. It's very, very important. So he said, stand up in front of everyone. But my problem is now visible. But my hand is withered. But my problem is too big. Stop focusing on the problem and see what you do have. See that God sees potential in you. He's got a withered hand and God said, stand up. He could have said, no, I've got a withered hand. But God's saying, you got two good legs, stand up. You got two good legs, stand up. But God, I can't do this. I'm not the man in my house like I need to be. I can't lead my children, stand up. But God, I can't, I, what do you have that God can take and bless and use you? Quit saying poor, pitiful me. Quit saying I can't, I can't, I can't. You absolutely can. You take what God has given you and you move forward continually better, continually better. 
a church full of comeback stories. I can't be a comeback story. I can't be a comeback story. Stop saying I can't and say I can. And stand up on the two good legs that God gave you. Stand up with your withered hand. Walk into church with your withered hand. Walk up to the front and say, I can praise God with one good hand and two good legs. But that's going to require you to lose your pride. Realize that you still have something that God can use. Number three, and I'm coming to an end. Praise team, y'all come on up. They're like, what in the world? Last Sunday was 53 minutes. God convicted me. God convicted me. I went home and listened. My wife, this is, this is exactly what happened. She was sick. She couldn't listen to the sermon. It was another couple of nights later, and she turns the sermon on, and I'm like, I just want to watch some TV and hang out with you on the couch. I don't really want to listen to myself. And she plays it, and she's playing it and playing it. I'm like, how much more does that dude going to talk? I was getting aggravated at myself. And she said, well, you got about 20 more minutes. You preached for 53 minutes last Sunday. And I see that clock, 4017, 4018. I'm telling you what, I got convicted. You know why? Because we made unbelievable power pack punches to those youth down there. And we had a thing called seven minute sermon. Don't y'all start getting all jealous. The you, y'all older, y'all can stay awake for 35 to 40 minutes. My goodness. But seven minute sermon. If you went eight minutes, they're over there like, okay, okay. So, Yes, I pray that God falls on you and convicts you. Guess what? He convicted me. Number three, follow God's plan for your life. Verse five in Mark three in verse five, he told the men, stretch out your hand. Stretch. I researched stretching and stretching means as you begin to stretch, you're getting more blood flow to the muscle. Blood flow to that. Does anybody know what I'm saying here? Are you getting what I'm laying down? Are you getting what I'm laying down here? The blood. the All the blood of Jesus. It washes me white as snow. Though my sin would be black. He washes me with that red blood and he turns me white as snow. Why do, why do we learn about this unbelievable change in a life? Why is it put in such a way where it's like black mixed with some red, white? That can't happen. That's impossible. You don't even make that color by mixing those two colors together. What kind of God are you serving? I'm going to tell you what. When you serve the God, mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one who parted the Red Sea. And we read it, and we read it, and we read it, and we're like, wow, amazing, 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 amazing. And he's like, I want to do it for you. I know, God. Oh, wow, amazing. I, I want to do it for you. I want to do it for you. But God, I got this withered hand. You see how it's all crooked? I got, stand up. And, and listen to him. So follow his, he's saying stretch, stretch. What do we do when we stretch? Have you ever been re- getting ready to run? And you're like, whoo, going to run a track. Uh-oh. I'm going to stretch these hammies out. We'll stretch these hamstrings. I used to be able to touch them toes. But here's what happens. You just, you just kind of, a little bit more. And you, and you hold that stretch, hold that stretch. And you just hold and hold. And you're getting lower and lower. Stretch. 
stretch, extend to the fullest. You need the blood of Jesus. You need that blood flow to the muscle. You need this to happen. Stand with me today. I'm finished. I'm done. When it's withered, just because it stopped working, don't you stop working. If this stopped working, don't you stop, don't you stop working. Stretch it. Stretch. Stretch. Move past the roadblocks. I want them to, don't play this video yet. A minute and a half video, I want you to see this. This is very important that you see this because somebody here today is already making excuses of why you can't, uh-uh-uh. Pastor, you don't know my situation. You can, I can't, uh-uh. No, I'm stove up. You know, if you're from East Texas, if you're not from East Texas, stove up means you locked up. You, 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 you're locked up. Ibuprofen ain't going to fix it. Four, how many of y'all, when you take ibuprofen, you take four? I take four ibuprofen. Yeah, I might take five in a bad day. Don't stop. I'm telling you right now, when you watch this video, one thing that I noticed after watching this video and crying in my living room, I cried in my living room when I watched this video because I thought, I am so convicted that I have actually made excuses of why I can't do more for God or love Him more or read more or seek more of Him or fast more or pray more and made excuses. This is excuse. Simple excuse. It's hard. It's just too hard. When you watch this video, not only is it amazing what the man is doing while he's playing, but I want you to look at his eyes. He shuts his eyes as he's playing. Play that video. He's watching, he's closing his eyes in worship. Turn it up. Is that powerful or is that powerful? Somebody's here today and maybe all of the words I said really didn't get through to you very, very, very much. But that right there just touched somebody's heart and you, and you said, and you've been saying to yourself for weeks, maybe months, maybe years, I just don't have what it takes. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. I've got this withered hand and God's saying, but you've got two good legs and he's calling on somebody right now to use your two good legs and make your way to an altar. And I want you to realize that there's something to be said about a move to an altar. I say it all the time. If you, can't, if you don't come to the altar, just have a moment back there in your pew. But I'm telling you, it's almost like going up to the fire. 
It's almost like going up to the real fireplace and not standing next to a TV screen and saying, oh, this TV screen is so warm. It's so toasty and warm. No, I'm telling you, there's something to be said about a move that you can make. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, I thank you for your conviction. I thank you, God, for what you're doing in this place. And Lord, I pray that you would move on hearts in your mighty name. I thank you, Lord, that you are stirring us up to do more for you. The reckless love of God. He will go after you. He will leave the 99 and go after you. Some people have bashed this song and the, and the terminology that was used with the reckless love of God. God is, God is reckless in this sense. He will leave the 99 and go after the one. And there's somebody here today, Father, in the name of Jesus, there is somebody here today that is that one. They are that one and they need to make a move right now in the name of Jesus. So if you're here in this place today, you can raise your head, you can open your eyes. If you're here in this place today and that's you, I want you to stand up with your two good legs and I want you to make a move to God. And those that come up here, somebody come up here with them and join with them and be here with them because they are saying to God right now, I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. They're coming, they're coming. If you're sitting there and you're hesitating, don't wait, don't wait. You just watch somebody on a TV screen who's playing with hardly anything, using his chin to play the piano. Do you think that he's ever said to himself, I don't, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. If that's you here today, there's somebody here, there's still somebody in that pew, there's still somebody in this pew that needs to come up, and you're saying, I can't do it, I can't live for God. There's just too much of a withered hand. Oh, yes. Yes. 
want you to give God everything. It's time to quit holding back. Give Him everything in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That's it. I want you to release everything to God. It's important. This is one of the most important parts of any service that you'll ever attend is the part where you give your heart to God. Give your heart to God. Seek after Him while He may be found. Holy Spirit, fall. Holy Spirit, fall. Right now. Right now, I pray that the Holy Spirit begins to move in this place. Holy Spirit, fall in this place. plenty that have come up here and you've, you've made a, a new commitment and you've but right now what I want to I, I believe God is wanting to do this for somebody right now and if it's one person it's fine if it's ten people if it's a hundred I don't care but you would say and you would agree with me right now that there's something in your life you have a withered hand and it's caused congratulations first of all for standing up and coming down here come on let's congratulate them it's tough God said to the man with the withered hand, He said, stand up in front of everyone. Y'all did it. You did it. You stood up in front of everyone. Come on. You did it. You stood up in front of everyone. If you're here today and, you're, and you just want to specifically say, there is something that I'm dealing with that I am... I want to like make a motion like I'm coming up here and I'm literally just laying it down. So if you want to... If that's you... This may seem silly. It may seem silly to somebody, but just act like you got something in your hand. And just come up here and just just simply just, just do that. And if that's you, is they're going to play this song one more time and just get rid of it in, in emotion. In, in emotion. Emotion. In emotion. Take that thing that has been hammering you, been tearing you up, and walk up here and say no more. And say in the name of Jesus, when you in the name of Jesus, I lay this withered hand down and I put it on the altar and I leave it in the name of Jesus. If that's you, just walk up and just simply do that. And walk away victorious with your hands lifted high and raised and say, I am victorious. I am more than a conqueror. They're already doing it. Do it. Do it. Hallelujah. That's me too. In the name of Jesus, I lay this withered hand down. 
in the name of Jesus. I walk away. I leave it. Yeah, I see you. I see it. Come on. I leave it. I lay it down. Walk away victorious. Yes. of her sins hallelujah we thank you jesus for those of you that are family members feel free you can come around you can come up to the front we're going to put it on this big screen you'll be able to see her right here praise god praise god go ahead brother west it's all you Kelly. upon the confession of your faith and the obedience to the word of god i baptize you in the name of jesus christ for the remission of your sin. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. He came after us. There's no one you won't pick up, lie you won't tear up, coming after me. You're coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up. Thank you, Jesus. service Wednesday be with your family man I get pumped up when, when I see God taking back one that the enemy stole one that the devil went after and you want and you just that man that think about when you come out of that water you coming up you're coming up oh it fires me up it fires me up to see somebody who was tormented, who was beat down, who had a withered hand, and he would come out of that water just boom, yes, raised to newness of life. So sorry, not sorry, for just uh, ah, yes, take that devil, kick you right in your teeth. I love y'all. I love y'all very, very much. More than that, God loves you. May He bless you. May He keep you. May His face shine upon you.
Jesus. Go out into this world.